Mr. Uh, Renee Fowler, uh, who is, I think, extraordinary. She is a trailblazer. She is a woman of the cloth who has been doing this for a long time, long before we ever knew that women could be in the pulpit, particularly in the black church. And we know that writ large across all denominations and all faiths in the Catholic church, the, the Anglican church, in the Southern Baptist church, women are still trying to climb that ladder and be accepted. And I think that uh, this part of the conversation with Pastor Renee is going to get very interesting. Uh, the first part was, I think, powerful, and I want to encourage you to re-listen to that uh, before you listen to this part. And uh, Pastor Renee, are you there? I am here. Good. Um, and then we're going to bring on our second guest uh, in a few moments. But I want to talk a bit about the Black church and the importance of the Black church in the 21st century. You know, the Black church here in America uh, certainly comes out of slavery uh, in the Deep South, Southern Baptist Church, the AME Church, uh, you know, the Kojic Church, all of the different um, sects of, of church that we have here in the United States. And, and you know, the Black Church is an 18th century uh, organization, if you will. And it is the one place where, ironically, even during slavery, we were allowed to congregate when we were and to worship and to pray. And the Black Church was left to set itself up Black pastors, men, of course, at that time, um, the founders of our great organization, Alpha Cap Alpha, most of our founders were the daughters of ministers. Of course, that was a revered profession. Uh, talk a little bit about the history of the Black church and why it is so important to us even now in the 21st century. The Black church has really made a lot of transition, if you will, throughout the years. And I believe that initially, as we hit the shores, we adopted very much of what the white culture presented to us. And over the years, I believe that we started to identify that, you know, we like a little bit, you know, different type of music. We like to dance. We like to have this different experience. We have this culture that we're a part of. And I believe that we merged and integrated that which felt right for us. And as much as we congregated, you know, the black church was really the hub of the community. That was the place where people came and you said, and they honored the pastor, they reverenced the pastor, but they also came for information, for insight, for inspiration. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. the hub of the black church is so vitally important. And as we moved forward in the years, um, you know, black men were certainly the leaders and now women started to try to integrate. There actually are some sisters and some women that through history that stepped up very early on the hat of voice. I always like to go back to the Bible and look at Deborah because Deborah set and judged mm -hmm. the city. And so we were not excluded, but in the 21st centuries, we have been excluded. So I believe that in the last 15 years, we've really seen a surge of women who have really come to the forefront being able to really hold their own to be able to say that we have a voice, we need to be heard, and um, we can be as effective as our male colleagues, uh, and we will not be oppressed and suppressed from preaching the gospel. Yeah, I think that's right. And uh, I'm going to uh, bring into our conversation right now, Minister Shawnee Young, 
who someone I know well, someone you work with intimately uh, at the church. She's one of your mentees, one of mine, and she is a consultant to ministries, nonprofits, uh, women groups, executive leaders, speakers, small businesses. Another, I like to say we're all Jamaicans, all of us, because we all got like 50 jobs in, you know, we all do. We're always hustling and grinding as black women. God bless us. But uh, Shawnee is the co-founder of Mona's Heart Outreach, Inc., a Texas-based 501c3, a permanent food pantry that feeds thousands on a monthly basis in partnership with Destiny Point Church. Mona's Heart also provides resources for homeless, seniors, abused women, children, and veterans. Shawnee, are you there? I am. I am. How are you? I'm great. And thank you so much for joining us uh, with Pastor Renan. I want to continue this last third part of this dialogue about the work that you two do now. Uh, We all know that Texas has just come through a very difficult time. In fact, you're still going through it in real time. Uh, This podcast airs on Sundays. And I know that uh, the past week or two has been really trying with the snow, with the cold weather, with the breakdown of the uh, grid, uh, with people not having basics such as water, food, uh, warmth. And I want you to, uh, first, Pastor Renee, you can go first, and then Shani, kind of pipe in here about uh, what it was like, what you all experienced uh, during this time, and how you were able to and are still ministering to the community and then let folks know how we can help support that ministry. Pastor Renee? Well, I think we found ourselves uh, two weeks ago in a position, actually on Valentine's Day, and I was ministering, and they anticipated that we had snowstorms coming in, and so I was watching the snow increase. I don't think any of us could have ever anticipated what we were about to encounter by late uh, Sunday night and early Sunday morning, literally um, power going out and waking up to inches of snow. We're just not accustomed to that type of weather in this area. But we found ourselves awakening to people um, just upset about the fact they've lost power and we were supposed to have rolling power outages and they just never rolled back on. So as a result, we ended up with people five days without power. Even today, people are without power. As a pastor and a community leader and also working with um, my community partners, community partners like Shoni with Mona's Heart Outreach, we found ourselves uh, almost helpless. We wanted to do something and we were actually preparing on Tuesday to become a warming center and we're also certified to be able to offer warm meals and we were preparing to do that when the church that I work with and where our food programs function out of the pipes burst. So we felt helpless. We felt like we couldn't do anything. But by the end of the week, you know, God had given us vision of what we needed to do. But the reality of it was you had the majority of the state of Texas without power on average three to four days, no heat, freezing temperatures, frigid temperatures below zero. And that is the reality of where we were pipes bursting. I know Shawnee and her family experienced um, not having that power. The only reason I know I didn't is because I'm between two fire stations. And so I'm in one of those areas, but I had to take people into my home. And so we kicked into gear immediately to ask, what is it that we could do? And it was very hard because everybody was in the same, same state. So I just happened to be able 
to uh, speak with Shani and we said we're going to touch and agree and we're going to pray and we're going to believe for the best and God gave a strategy as a result we were able to partner uh, with the nonprofit Mercy Chefs and as a result of this past week we fed together uh, with other partner organizations over 6,000 people in our area. Once we were able to uh, get up and running, uh, the one thing I wanted to uh, piggyback on with, with Dr. Renee is that there were also no hotel rooms available uh, anywhere in the Metroplex. Uh, this was all over the state of Texas. Really, people couldn't get even into hotel rooms. People had started to break down their furniture to burn it in fireplaces. And unfortunately, there were some lives lost uh, to uh, carbon, is it carbon monoxide poisoning? Um, because people were still burning, uh, they were burning inadequate things or leaving the fires in an inappropriate way. And then we had a big concern about the senior citizens. When my power went out, we tried to brave it out the first two days because I still had firewood, but it, it became a reality when we ran out of firewood and went to the grocery stores and nowhere around within probably a two city radius could we locate firewood it what i saw from this winter storm was all nationalities races and creeds come together despite what was put out into our nation by the 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 last president and some of the people that support him i saw the real unity as dr renee likes to say it in the community uh emphasizing on unity we saw people come out from different um, denominations, beliefs, and everything. They wanted to serve and help their neighbors. I don't think anybody would have made it through this storm had it not been for other people caring. Even people like uh, you guys, Sophia, people on the East Coast and the West Coast were reaching out. Hey guys, what can we do? How can we help? Because we had to purchase cases and loads of water directly out of our um, budgets, our nonprofit budgets to try to get people drinking water because they told us on the news to get snow and try to melt the snow. What's well, kind of hard to melt snow if you don't have electricity to flush your toilet? And so those are the type of things we were faced with. Now we're in the middle of COVID as well, the middle of a pandemic where you're supposed to wash your hands for 20 seconds. Mm -hmm. It became a stark reality when I had to wash my hands with a bottle of water, ice cold, over the sink and have my eight-year-old daughter do it who could barely stand the cold water and she started crying. That's when I knew we had to get out of that situation and get to safety, but we were fearful to go stay with my grandparents because we didn't, you don't know if you're ever, you don't ever know if you're asymptomatic. So the pandemic had a lot of people stuck in their homes who were already on quarantine who may have already had COVID. And so finally my uncle told us, okay, we'll go to his house and we were able to stay in the, my family was able to isolate in the upstairs part of the house. And so we were able to stay separate, but yet we were able to get to warmth. Not everybody had that um, ability or availability to help others. And so many people toughed it out. There were some senior citizens that were, that were found that died from hypothermia, hypothermia 
and some who were on barely um, still breathing when they were found. The saddest part out of this whole thing was when they told me, um, Dr. Renee, and I think um, she and I might have talked about this, there was a assisted living home for seniors because that was my biggest fear was for the seniors and newborn babies and children being in this uh, below zero weather. They couldn't get off of the second floor because the electricity was out. So the, the power right. grids, the power was cut to senior citizen assisted living facilities. That is unacceptable. Wow. So, so, so you guys have said a lot uh, here to unpack. What I want my listeners to hear, both here at home in the United States in particular, is something that uh, Minister Shawnee said, which is that when we face crises, when we face hunger, when we face attack, when we face storms, hurricanes, snowstorms, ice storms, whatever it is, we Americans probably better than any place on earth unify and come together. So it always baffles me as to why we're so hateful to one another every other day of the week and most of the time and when it hits the fan we know that we have to band together because we know it's a basic principle of humanity that two are better than one that's five one a threefold cord is not easily broken pastor and i want to go back to you on that and have you kind of close us out and talk about this experience that you guys had was harrowing and again thank you so much for the work you both do and I know there were many others and when we wrap I'll, I'll have you say where people can find you support donate etc but Pastor Nate talk about where we are as a nation right now this has been a rough four years regardless of your political affiliation who you like who you don't like who you voted for who you didn't vote for we're divided America's in a dark place and it's getting darker in many respects with how we talk to each other cancel each other threaten each other i get more death threats on a given day than anybody ought to ever get in a lifetime and uh that's become the norm can you talk about the role that you think the church must play at this moment particularly given and what i'm gonna ask you is loaded so buckle (laughs) up but particularly given that what we've seen over the past four years is the church the evangelical church in particular involve itself into politics in a way and become and equate Jesus with Jesus is pro second amendment <laughs> or Jesus is pro this or that. I didn't read that in my Bible anywhere. So I'm trying to understand what's really going on here, Pastor Renee and, and the division and how does the church need to really step up is the real question to fix this and address it. Well, that is a loaded question, Sophia. And I don't know if we have the time <laughs> to address it. Well, but, you can just take but, a little let, bit of Let it, me just you know, say this. Defense. Let me say this. We all as a people in the United States of America, whether we're believers or not, are absolutely in chaos and totally divided. I've never in my life seen such distrust, such dishonor, such disrespect. I've never seen things so twisted. So it is my belief that we actually are in the end times where it speaks to the bible where men become lovers of themselves they're divisive and Mm. we we, we're just seeing the chaos but the thing that should keep us is this I, i often look at my money and when i look at my money and i see on the money where it says in god we trust i believe that we have an opportunity here to get back to the foundational beliefs 
of what it is that our country, our America Amen. was founded upon, and that Amen. is God. Amen. And the Bible tells us when you really get into it and you don't extract what works for you, what we must do, it tells us to make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. The last four years have been unpeaceable. Um, the Bible Ooh. has instructed us to make certain that in all that we do, that that we become the peacemakers. Uh, in my personal Amen. opinion, um, it goes against what it is that we were even founded upon. And so there's going to have to be a true call to repentance. We're going to have to get back to what it is that we've been doing and allowing we have to rethink everything. We have to restructure it. This is not the time and for us to be divisive. And I think here in Texas that that storm hit us. And as uh, Shawnee indicated, never was there a time that we saw all nations, all tribes come together to be helped to one another, to be neighborly to one another. Nobody cared at the moment about any of that that we've experienced over the last four years. I think it's a wake up call. I think we need to rethink how we've been been thinking and that we need to learn how to think yeah. differently. The key yeah. to this is collaboration. And that's the only way we're gonna be able mm -hmm. to heal. When everybody takes responsibility for their own actions and they move forward, um, you know, doing what is right, especially if we're gonna call ourselves believers. Yeah, Pastor, a, a, a follow-up on that, though. The incivility, though, is frightening. The misinformation, the abject lying. Look well, yeah, there's some straight-up lying and twisting. Yeah, just straight-up lying. How, how do we, again, as Christians, in public life, because like I said, one of the things that has angered me, and I've written many articles on this over the past four years on my platform as a Christian, I am stunned with men and women of faith. I can start calling some names of some pastors I won't today, but I could, who join themselves in this hypocrisy, who have taught it to their flock and, and somehow again equated Jesus with the Second Amendment and stuff that Jesus has nothing to do. What, what, what's going on with that? Well, what's the thing that about? is, I said, you know, if we're going to talk about, you know, what would Jesus do? We have to look at what Jesus did. Hello. Come on. Woo That's a tweet, tweet. Yeah. And I believe that we are responsible for operating in his character, his nature, his virtues, that we are responsible for making Preach. certain that we reflect his intent and how he responded to things. One story that comes to mind is that the Bible talks about there was a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. If she was caught in the act of adultery, that means there was others that were there with her. But he brings oh, her out, the people bring <laughs> her out to stone her. And Jesus, who sees her, of course, you know, they wanted him to to judge her. He bends down and people always say, what did he write in the sand? He was doodling in the sand. I think he was writing all the names of those that had sinned as well. And he says to her, go and sin no more. I believe America is at that place where we're going to have to take responsibility, repent, turn from our wicked ways that we're going to have to, you know, call a spade a spade. We've got to stop the lying. It is just, it's, it's, it's hypocritical in such a way 
that we've never seen before in our history. Uh, also, we have to also identify the spirit behind which things are operating as well. There was a time when Paul said, look, I left y'all, trained y'all well. I went away to go do some other ministry and I came back. But who bewitched you? Who changed your thinking? Yep. And narcissistic that spirits are able to convince people. I'm not trying to <laughs> preach, but narcissistic spirits. No, no, go ahead. You got it. Go ahead. people that... To, I have on a red shirt, but it's white, and they will do whatever they can in their power, you know, to twist yes. the thinking. Yes. You know, you know, I think uh, folks listening, and, and you guys have never heard the podcast like this before, but we going to do black <laughs> church, we going to do black church, so uh, that's good. But I think that um, what you hear Pastor Renee saying is, is profound, that uh, and you've seen me say this. I say it a little more colorfully. Y'all know I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. And I think that, uh, you know, it is imperative that you hear what she's saying because it's true. WWJD has got to be more than something we wear on a bracelet or on a necklace. It has to be what we walk like, what we talk like, what we act like, and how we treat other people. And I don't know what gospel some of these people are reading, Pastor Renee, but I don't read anything about hate your brother in the Bible. I don't read anything about be racist in the Bible, be sexist in the Bible, uh, be divisive in the word of God. None of that is of God. And I want everybody listening to the sound of my voice and hers and Minister Shines to understand where we're coming from. We are in a place mm-hmm. of pandemic that we've been in now going on a year, one year, 500,000 Americans are dead. I said 500,000 Americans are dead and and more across the globe, over a million across the globe. The United States by far has the worst worst death rate. And we can get into that why on another podcast, because that's something I just need to go on a monologue on. But I think that what we're saying is this Mm -hmm. is a moment of pandemic. It's a moment of human suffering. On top of the pandemic, my sister's in Texas and millions of people faced cold, freezing, starvation, no basic sanitation, no water, and they came together and they helped one another. Shawnee, I'm going to give you uh, the last word on this to tell us, one, how can we support and help the work that Pastor Renee does and that you do, and how can we follow you on social media, uh, buy Pastor Renee's books, etc. Give us the uh, the how we can help and how oh, we can absolutely. find you. I, I sure will. And, and thank you so much for that, Dr. Renee. And Sophia, thank you for being a, a champion and, and not afraid to speak out on this false sense of entitlement that has been uh, predicated upon all of us uh, with the, pr- the president that just left office. And as we talked about a little earlier that Biden is here in Texas right now, um, making an assessment, he got right to it, uh, declared it a disaster. And now we're beginning to see the aid and the help flow through. Um, it's, I won't say it's too little too late, but it's here. But in the interim, Dr. Renee and I, she sat there and God gave her the idea. We contacted the Mercy Chefs, which is is also run. It's a Caucasian-ran organization that has all different races. The Church of Latter-day Saints came out and helped us. These are all Caucasian sisters and brothers of other beliefs, backgrounds. We had veterans come out and help us. 
uh, the city, the police, the police were taking numbers where people were used to getting tickets. The police were helping us hand hot food out. So the racial injustice, the racial inequality, we're looking at trying to complete the bridge, try to connect the gaps. So the work that Dr. Renee is doing and myself with Mona's Heart Outreach, um, we always need donations to help us fund because sometimes we become the little guys that are doing big things. And there's a lot of politics that right. come into play when it comes to grants. Well, okay, tell us how you we can, can go to, to, can to follow Dr. Renee. She's on all social media uh, under Dr. Renee Denise Fowler. Or you can go to Dr. Renee, Dr. Is it Dr. Renee, um, Dr. Renee Hornbuckle.com. You can go to destinypoint.org and donate. You can also go to Mona's Heart Outreach.com and donate through either of those. Um, Pastor Renee, can you give them the cash app as well? Because we're purchasing, we don't just give away hot meals, we give away diapers we give away wipes uh laundry detergent clothing uh ppe we gave away thousands of ppe equipment to the homeless and to the residents in partnership with uh the united way of tarrant county so dr renee she may be in the black church she is definitely a hidden jewel and diamond because she is hands-on she was even out directing traffic at nighttime with her little flashlight and her little baseball cap, helping people to see so they could get their meals. She doesn't talk. Well, this is why this is why I wanted to have you both on again. You you both know my network and my platform. I could have got Henry Louis Gates on here if I wanted. I could have got Bishop Jakes. That's not what I wanted. I wanted to spotlight women in the church because when I go to my Bible, when I go to my Bible, particularly my New Testament. And when Jesus had gone to the cross and Jesus was in his tomb, it was the it women was the women. who were going to go take care of him. It was the women who were always there. And it was the women who declared that that tomb was empty. And so at the end of the day, and who saw him, who he yeah. appeared to. And so it is imperative as we end Black History Month on this February the 28th, my niece's 23rd birthday. And when we look to women's history month i want black women to just have a moment in the sun and to be recognized for the work that we do the hard work and how thankless it often is and i'm so grateful for you both and all those that work with you like pastor cat and everybody else. it's the women it's not that the men aren't important it's not that the men don't contribute of course they do but anybody that does church will tell you <laughs> it is the sisters who keep the church going. It is the sisters who feed, who help, who hold, who visit. It's the sisters. So again, folks, I want you to step up and help support the work at destinypoint.org. Look up Pastor Renee Fowler. Uh, look up Shawnee Young. Look up Mona's Heart. I will make sure that all those things are uh, on the podcast, when we put it out in social media, we'll put the links when we share some of the clips. This has been a great dialogue. We could go on and on and on. And I'm just grateful for you, Pastor Renee, having the courage to share your story. I want to have you back and have you back, Shani, as well, because I want to talk about abused women and and 
the work that you all do there as well, because I know you do. And I think that's such an important conversation. We'll have you back uh, later in the year to talk about that. And uh, I'll give you, Pastor Renee, if you want to close us out with a, a just a, a favorite scripture or something you'd like everybody to hear that's listening around the world uh, and why it's so important, I think, to keep their faith close at the moment while we're going through all this tumult. Uh, I'll let you have the last Well, thank you again for this opportunity, and we are both grateful and appreciative. I think I'd like to have the last closing word to be this. We have to be strong enough and brave enough to know that God is able to do abundantly above that which we dream, think, envision, or imagine. We are in very, very tough times. A half a million people that are deceased because of a pandemic, there being so much chaos in our government and all around us, we are worn out. And the only way that you're going to be able to get through this is by having hope in God. The Bible says those that are in God have hope. And so during this time, as you lean into him, you'll become strengthened. It doesn't mean that the work stops. Someone that I know, a very dear colleague says, we're going to have to work through some things. We're going to have to have some courageous um, conversations. And so... Oh, yeah. that's a woman code. <laughs> and I think this is that ideal time to do so. And that's why uh, it's so necessary. Those conversations be had quickly. Those conversations be had so that we can work together because the Bible challenges us in Isaiah to learn to do what is good, to seek justice, to correct the oppressor and defend the rights of the fatherless to plead the widow's cause. We have work to do. We don't have time to be divisive or full of drama. We've got to be busy with the work of the Lord. People are hurting. And I believe that as we come to them armed and equipped with the right word, that we will help to be their healing agent. And that's how our country is going to be healed. I love that. I love you both. Thank you so much. Keep doing good, but make sure you practice self-care and self-love because a lot of people are pulling a lot from you and you can't pour from an empty cup. Boy, do I know that. Ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Renee Hornbuckle Fowler uh, and Shawnee Young, Minister Shawnee Young of Texas and Arlington, Texas. Again, we'll make sure you know how to get in touch with them, support their ministry, support their work. Thank you, ladies, and God bless the Black Church. I appreciate you much. Bye-bye. Thank you.